Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. It is a little too easy sometimes to read the Bible and write off groups of people. Moabites bad? Oh, except there's Ruth. Pharisees bad? Oh, except there's Nicodemus. And we're tempted to do that even today. The church is bad, except... (laughs) Well, hey, hopeful. And greetings again from the land of little or no connectivity in northern Montana. Welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Part of you and me journeying together where we're committed together to reading through every word of God's revelation of himself and considering our own life and work stories in light of that. Friends, it's one thing to say that group over there has gone woke or something like that. And that might be true in the sense of a statistical average, easy for me to say. But it's dangerous to think that individuals therefore think that way. It's overdone politically, it's overdone in the church, and it's a reminder for us In light of the people, prophecy, and power seen in God's word, like we're going to read today, that our witness isn't just important. It's what we're called to do. Acts chapter 5, picking up in verse 12. Someone came and reported to them, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the commander with the servants brought them in without force because they were afraid the people might stone them. After they brought them in, they had them stand before the Sanhedrin, and the high priest asked, Didn't we strictly order you not to teach in this name? Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. (laughs) Which, of course, was true, which is Roger, not the text. Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than people. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had murdered by hanging him on a tree. God exalted this man to to his right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness for sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this advice, when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered the men to be taken outside for a little while. And I'll just pause right there. Remember that the Sadducees generally weren't liked, right? Because they were seen as being in bed with the Romans. The Pharisees, however, were generally liked, uh, which is an important distinction. And here is Gamaliel, who's about to say something probably wiser than he even realized. Here we go. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered the men to be taken outside for a little while. And he said to the Sanhedrin, Men of Israel, be careful about what you are about to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas rose up claiming to be someone, and a group of about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas the Galilean, rose up in the days of the census and attracted a following. He also perished, and all his followers were scattered. 
So in the present case, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found fighting against God. And they were persuaded by him. After they called in the apostles and had them flogged. <laughs> Don't you love first century uh, justice? Well, okay, we're not going to charge you with anything, but we'll give you a good beating before we send you on your way. After they called in the apostles and had them flogged, they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and released them. Then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin, they, meaning the apostles, catch this, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name, capital N, on behalf of the name. Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. <laughs> I just can't help myself sometimes, my friends. But you already knew that, unless you're brand new here. In which case, if you just want a normal Bible reading program, uh, this one is not the one for you. Hey, turn into our Old Testament segment today. Remember that we are in the early stages of the Israelites taking the promised land. Jericho has fallen uh, and is set aside as the first fruits of war. Achan's sin brought corporate guilt on all because the whole remember, under the Old Covenant as a theocracy, because the whole was polluted by one part. And yet today, we see Israel's renewal, and then, well, Joshua chapter 8. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all the troops with you and go attack I. Pause. Remember that Without God's guidance, they had just taken a couple thousand men and went and attacked I and go, oh, we're, we're going to do this. And they did it in their own power, right? And the I came out and routed them. And, you know, they ran by like a bunch of dogs with their tails between their legs. So now this is coming back to I. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all the troops with you and go attack I. I'm just probably never going to get done today. But remember this. Remember that the punishment or the consequence for failing there was, was, um, uh, was the consequence that came because Achan had taken money, right? But this is like renewal based on repentance and and you know recommitting to God. So, then the Lord said to Joshua, "Do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all the troops with you and go attack I. Look, I have handed over to you the king of I, his people, city and land. Treat I and its king as you did Jericho and its king, except that you may plunder its spoil and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city." So Joshua and all the troops set out to attack Ai. Joshua selected 30,000 of his best soldiers and sent them out at night. And he commanded them, pay attention, lie in ambush behind the city, not too far from it, and all of you be ready. Then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city. And when they come out against us, as they did the first time, we will flee from them. And they will come after us until we have drawn them away from the city. For they will say, yeah, they're fleeing as before. While we are fleeing from them, you are to come out of your ambush and seize the city. The Lord your God will hand it over to you, and after taking the city, set it on fire. 
Follow the Lord's command. See that you do as I have ordered you. So Joshua sent them out, and they went out to the ambush site and waited between Bethel and I, to the west of I. But he spent that night with the troops. Joshua started early the next morning and mobilized them. Then he and the elders of Israel led the people up to I, and all the troops who were with him went up and approached the city, arriving opposite I, and camped to the north of it with the valley between them and the city. Now Joshua had taken about 5,000 men with him to set and set an ambush between Bethel and I to the west of the city, and the troops were stationed in this way, the main camp to the north of the city and its rear guard to the west of the city. And that night, Joshua went into the valley. When the king of Ai saw the Israelites, the men of the city hurried and went out early in the morning so that he and all his people could engage Israel in battle at the suitable place facing the Arabah. But he did not know that there was an ambush waiting for him behind the city. Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten back by them and fled toward the wilderness. Then all the troops of Ai were summoned to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua and when were drawn away from the city. Not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel, leaving the city exposed while they pursued Israel. When, then the Lord said to Joshua, Hold out the javelin in your hand toward Ai, for I will hand the city over to you. So Joshua held out his javelin toward it. Then he held out his hand. The men, and when he held out his hand, the men in ambush rose quickly from their position. They ran, entered the city, captured it, and immediately set it on fire. The men of Ai turned and looked back, and smoke from the city was rising to the sky. They could not escape in any direction, and the troops who had fled to the wilderness now became the pursuers. When Joshua and all Israel saw that the men of in ambush had captured the city and that the smoke was rising from it, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. And then the man in ambush came out of the city against them, and the men of Ai were trapped between the Israelite forces, some on one side, some on the other. They struck them down until no survivor or fugitive remained, but they captured the king of Ai alive and brought him to Joshua. When, the, when Israel had finished killing everyone living in Ai who had pursued them into the open country, and when every last one of them had fallen by the sword, all Israel returned to Ai and struck it down with the sword. The total of those that fell that day, both men and women, was 12,000, all the people of Ai. Joshua did not draw back his hand that was holding his, the javelin until all the inhabitants of Ai were completely destroyed. Israel plundered only the cattle and spoil of that city for themselves, according to the Lord's command that he had given Joshua. Joshua burned Ai and left it a permanent ruin, still desolate today. He hung the body of the king of Ai on a tree until the evening, and at sunset, Joshua uh, commanded that they take his body down from the tree. They threw it down at the entrance to the city gate and our third little pile of rocks. They threw it down at the entrance to the city gate and put a large pile of rocks over it, which still remains today. Do you remember what piles of rocks do? Serve as a witness. At that time, Joshua built an altar on Mount Ebal to the Lord, the God of Israel, just as Moses, the Lord's servant, had commanded the Israelites. He built it according to what was written in the book, what is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones on which no tool has been used. They offered burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed fellowship offerings on it. There on the stones, another pile of stones here, friends, there on the stones, Joshua copied the law of Moses which he had written in the presence of the Israelites. All Israel 
resident alien and citizen alike, with their elders, officers, and judges, stood on either side of the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, facing the Levitical priests who carried it. Half of them were in the in front of Mount Gerizim, and half in front of Mount Ebal. And Moses, the Lord's servant, as Moses, the Lord's servant, had commanded them earlier concerning the blessing the the people of Israel. Afterward, Joshua read aloud all the words of the law, the blessings as well as the curses, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read before the entire assembly of Israel, including the women, the dependents, and the resident aliens who lived among them. And that, my friends, is chapter 8. I think we're just going to call her a good one today, uh, right there. I will say this. Remember, uh, and I just say this because this is a real important heart level issue. That whole thing about looking at groups of people versus individuals is really important, right? We all, I think, have temptation to look at a group of people and write them off. Right, and in some cases, that's not just wrong; it's sin. Right? We don't look at all people of color or people uh, in a certain context and write them all off. That's wrong. So, what are we called to do? Well, I think there's a, an important thing to remember, which is that it might be one thing to have knowledge that a particular group of people leans in a particular direction, right? Uh, I don't care what that is. Some people in a particular country of a particular race of a particular denomination, whatever that happens to be. At the same time, we as witnesses are called to go engage and connect with people one-on-one and every single individual who's made in the image of God is someone that Jesus died for. And that's an important thing to remember. Um, And in the process, we need to check our own hearts. Lord God, I just pray that uh, today your word will not return void. Uh, Lord, forgive my really poor reading today. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, this will be um, something that points people to you as we reach out in your name. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.